Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up, Washington fans? Welcome to the Burgundy Network podcast, part of the Full Press Coverage Washington Network. This podcast is sponsored by 500 Level, who specializes in officially licensed shirts to help you rep your favorite sports, teams, and players. Grab your shirt from 500 Level, and there is no doubt it'll be your most complimented shirt. Use our code BNB20 to save 20% off your order. As always, I'm your host, Josh Taylor, joined by Brian Murphy, a.k.a. Murph. Brian, as you saw, I got my Terry McLaurin shirt in the mail. Felt good. It looked good. And I thought we were going to play good. Sure enough, came up short today against the Seattle Seahawks, 20-15. to We fall to 6-8, and still first in the NFC East as of now. But Brian, how did you feel after the game? Yeah, I think we were talking about it just before we got on. It was one of those where it looked like it could have gotten way out of hand really quickly. And then, you know, they're down 20-3 to right out of the the gate in the uh, second half. Uh, But then you look up, and after some uh, solid play, they're they're right there with the the game on the line. So, uh, yeah, you know, we we talked about it being a close game. We weren't sure that they were going to get the the win. We probably felt like they they weren't going to get the win. And if you told me before the game that they'd lose by five, I'd be like, okay, that's respectable. But the way they lost, it made it tough because it was tough. right there for them. It was right there, and they, they, they almost had it. Now, I'll say the biggest thing talked about with this game afterward, afterwards is why we lost this game. I'm sure you saw it on Twitter. I was talking about it. People were coming back at me. So we're definitely going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Haskins' performance, give our grades on that, and talk about big picture um, but first off, I want to start with the defense. We'll get that out of the way because I'm sure we'll spend a lot of time on the offense, talk about that, especially with Haskins. With the defense, you know, we were down Cole Holcomb, down uh, KPL. Right off the gates, Shondell Hamilton and Hudson started. Um, and Hudson impressed me. He looked good. Yeah, me too. Um, for someone who just played special teams, he had eight tackles, four solo, uh, quarterback hit, and a tackle for loss. But there was a couple big big hits he had on there, and just you could tell like he's been waiting for that moment. I thought he looked good. Out of Shondion Hamilton, who got banged up, I think like midway in the game. How did those two look uh, filling in for Cole Holcomb and KPL? Yeah, Khalid Hudson seemed to be all over the place, um, which was was good to see. I think we'd seen him a couple times on special teams. He made the play on the fake punt uh, against Dallas, so we'd seen forty seven out there uh, a little bit. And to see him getting some time on defense was was really good. Uh, it seemed like Sean Dion Hamilton was playing well, and then all of a sudden he was out of the game, and Thomas Davis was in there, which was scary to see at times. Yeah, uh, he's definitely lost a step. Uh, I've always loved that guy, but he, he's lost a step. But the linebackers, for the most part, kind of filled in well as best as they could. I mean, they, the the defense still got gashed to the tune of almost 200 rushing yards, which is never good. But uh, I thought the linebackers weren't as big of an issue as I thought they were going to be going into the game. 
I will say we'll talk about like the the run game and how that hurt us. But like I said, with Khalid coming in as a rookie once again, these rookies making impacts. It was refreshing to see that we do have some depth because there's a lot of question marks at the linebacker core, um, especially for next season and going into the draft. We had no sacks this game, which we talked about in the pre uh, previous show was big because the Seahawks gave up 40 sacks so far this season. We say sack numbers don't matter. Do you like to see them? Yes. And I was kind of disappointed until Montez Swat stepped right. up, filled the lane. And it's funny, if you watch the video, he's not even lined up on the line. He's off to the side, like out of the frame of the video. It looks like he was in coverage. I don't know who he was covering. Um, but he was in coverage. Russ rolls out to the right. Montez just full force looked like a freight train coming at him. Gets his hands up. Drawn Payne, first career interception. This guy does it all. I mean, like I said, he wasn't even lined up on the line. Like, it's not like he just stuck his hand up. And poor Russ, he's all of what, 5'8? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah. Not, not very tall compared to the length that is Montez Sweat. That's for sure. Yeah. The vulture wings of Montez Sweat that just somehow extend up every single play. You're taught that, especially on the deed line. Like, if you can't get to the quarterback, at least get your hands up, make a play somehow. And he's been specializing it every single week, and that was a huge uh, game changer in the game for sure. But like you said, we got to talk about the woes, the run game. Russell yeah. Wilson on his feet, six rushes, fifty-two yards. Uh, Carson wasn't too much uh, for us. Fifteen carries for sixty-three. Like I'll take that. But the Carlos Hyde two rushes for fifty-five with that fifty-yard gash. That was just a gut punch. If you rewatch it, Jeremy Reeves, first time filling in for safety, looked like he fell on the outside, just a bad angle, um, just completely missed on that. And Carlos Hyde, I mean, as big as he is, he shouldn't be getting 50-yard touchdown runs on us. What do you think about that? Yeah, that might have been the slowest 50-yard touchdown I've ever seen. I didn't realize until just now that that was um, that he only had two carries on the game, so it stinks that one of his two carries was probably the biggest play of the game but yeah the rushing attack it really just you know coming out of the second half that they just kind of established the run there on that drive and that was when they scored and they just seemed to be gashing them the, the defensive line was getting pushed off a lot you know they were talking about on the broadcast how um how far that defensive line was getting you know pushed off there and so i wonder there if that was kind of where you missed the the starting linebackers if they could maybe fill the gaps a little bit better than these guys coming in maybe hesitating because they're not used to playing all the time you mentioned reeves slipping um yeah tough man the you know seattle i think they knew that they weren't going to be able to throw it very well i mean washington's pass defense is one of the top in the league and so they they were like, all right, we're going to do it on the ground. And they were able to, and they were able to mix it up. And going back to what you were saying about the uh, the sacks, it seemed like every time Russ had to hold the ball, like it seemed like the, the idea was for Russ to get it out quickly. But the few times that he did have to hang on to it, instead of getting those sacks <laughs> and getting home, he was able to get outside and scramble for just enough every time, including the long run. So, um, yeah frustrating the the ground game was frustrating but overall i think the defense played pretty well yeah and you have to account that like i said with cole holcomb being out and uh pierre lewis those guys especially cole holcomb he's done a great job filling the lane stopping the run 
Um, and then once again, Matt Ioannidis, who's been out for so long, yeah, something he was just filling up that middle, which is what he did so well. But it seemed like with Russ, it was just him getting to the outside. It's like at times we needed a spy on him, but it's kind of hard to because then you're kind of giving up another coverage guy back there. You know, he, he could easily get thrown behind him. So it's like this game of do you risk it? And that, I mean, as an Alabama fan watching Cam Newton when he was back at Auburn, it was the same thing. Johnny Manziel, right. it's like either come after him, he's going to throw it behind you, or you're going to just kind of hang out and hope for the best. So that's kind of what it turned out to be. But 181 rushing yards against us was the most this season. And that's not at all what we were worried about when we were talking about the previous show. It was Russ, his arm, being one of the best deep passers in the league. Yep. And then <laughs> they just gash us for almost 200 yards on the ground. So to me, that was disheartening for the defense because it has been so good lately. But for as bad as the rushing game was, big shout-out to the secondary in the coverage game because Russ was 18 for 27, only 121 yards, which is nuts. One touchdown and that one pick. Um, and like I said, with Russ being one of the deep, the best deep passes in the league, he has 40 passes of 20-plus this season. 40. I would love to know how many we have. I should have looked it up. It's nowhere near 40. I promise no, you that. No, Nowhere near. <laughs> nowhere near that. We held Russ to three passes over just 10 yards. It was an 11, a 15, and a 15. So zero passes over 20 yards and held DK Metcalf to only five catches for 43 yards. So it's like everything we needed to do in the passing defense, we did it. Yeah. Like perfectly. It's kind of like last week. If if you would have told me, you know, that Washington had that poor of an offensive outing and still beat the 49ers, I would have thought you were crazy. And the same same way you look at this, if you, you were to tell me that Russell Wilson was only going to have 121 passing yards, that DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett were going to combine for 77 yards, I would have told you that, Washington won by two scores. It's just, it's it's crazy how the NFL can go sometimes, and that's the way it is. Uh, you're absolutely right, though, that uh, it seems like Seattle um, knew that Washington was prepared for the pass, and so they, they brought that run game in real strong, and uh, that was the difference in the game. And, and, and another frustrating thing, you mentioned the one touchdown. Russ's one touchdown was on third down, so so close to getting off the field and to potentially keeping Russ from, Keeping Russ out of the end zone altogether, it was it was very impressive what they did in the passing game, but uh, they they made up for it on on the ground. There was a couple plays that got called off from penalties and stuff. Like we got bailed out a, a time or two, but still, everybody looked good. Um, Cam Curl had some big hits. Fuller, there was one time he missed, but then there was another time. I think it was a key third down. It was a short slant. I want to say it was to DK where he broke it up, came back. So that's what you want. And something I tweeted out was the defense in the NFL, you're going to give up yards. Right. <laughs> this isn't the early 2000s, late 90s anymore. Like It's all about bend, don't break mentality. Yep. Give up yards, settle for field goals or zero points, even better. But that's what we did early. Just give them field goals. And then, of course, the Carlos Hyde run kind of hurt that. But still, I thought our defense was good. Our offense is what killed us. And I feel like we say that every single week. So let's every talk week, about man. it. I mean, every week since the beginning of the season. I mean, going down 17 nothing to Philadelphia. You know, it just seems like 
something has not changed that needs to change. Like, it's okay to come out and be a first-half and a second-half team. I keep seeing that, oh, they're a second-half team. It's okay, they're a second-half team. Why? Well, <laughs> well, it's okay to put two complete halves together. It's okay to come out and establish your game plan instead of waiting back for the other team to. So that, that's the frustrating part, man. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going on two games left in the season. I don't know if it's going to change, but next week would be a great, great, a great time to get started off right off the bat, but it's frustrating. Maybe we should just like stage a halftime before the game. Yeah. Act like it's halftime and then just come out strong. But like I told you before we recorded to me, it feels like a five round UFC fight for the belt. Mm-hmm. First two rounds, the guy's like, all right, I'm gonna feel him out. You know, test his range. We're just going to like, I'm gonna wait for him to like throw something. Then I'm a counter. Nothing really happens. But then you're in round four and five, and you're behind on the scorecards, and you're like, oh, I got to do something. I got to get aggressive. I got to get wild. You know, I'm coming back. Like, I have to finish this. Yep. Once you get down like that, you can't you can't always get that knockout in the fourth and fifth round. You've got to start strong from the beginning, and it just seems like, for whatever reason, we don't do that. I feel like we talk about it. Um, if you watch the press conferences after every single game, it seems like they keep saying, we need to be better at it. We need to be better at it. How? Like, what does that look yeah. like? Ron hasn't given me an answer. Scott hasn't given me an answer. Del Rio hasn't said anything. So if you had one suggestion for starting strong in the beginning, besides just lighting literally a fire up on your buttons, you know what? Well, what would you do? I mean, I, I, I know, I don't want to sound crazy, but like maybe dump everything that you've done. Maybe start taking shots down the field. I know, you, you know, a lot of times in games, teams like to come out and kind of establish the run or try to get some rhythm going. Maybe you take a shot off, off the first play of the game, or maybe you drop a trick play on the first play. Do something to get you out of the rut, because I, I feel like this, you know, it's got to be frustrating for the team. I, I think it's it's not as easy as flipping a switch, but you got to do something. And and I feel like as soon as they kind of get into that first third down, that first third and medium, third and long, they're like, oh, here we go again. So maybe you you jaw something up crazy. You you run a reverse to start the game. You 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 let Logan Thomas throw a, a deep pass off a trick play or something. I, I don't know. Switch it up. Something's got to change because just coming out there in your base bland offense is is not getting it done. I agree. Just be aggressive. Yeah. Don't do a check down, a safe check down on third and twelve that you're behind on because you ran the ball with Peyton Barber twice. Like, do something aggressive I, with it. And I mean, we joke that like Tressway is our best player, but he legitimately is one of your best players. So mm. the fact that you're in third and twelve. The difference between third and twelve and third and seven is not that much. Tressway can make up those five yards on his own. Why don't you take a shot and try to make up those True. twelve yards? You know what I mean? Like, no more of the underneath stuff that's not going to go anywhere. You're relying on on below average wide receivers already, and for them to to potentially break one, it's not going to happen. So why don't you throw it deep and see what happens, and then realize, hey, I have a great punter, and we're okay with not getting back those garbage yards. I've never thought about that, but that's honestly true. Like, Tressway is as good as he is for Lionel. He's a weapon. Let, yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's a weapon. Use him. Let him drop it at the two. He's going to do it from wherever. So. Right. So, looking at the offense, obviously we have to talk about Haskins coming into the game. Um, if you watch the pregame show, we elevated both Heinke and uh, Montez. And I was watching it this morning. JP was like, look, short leash. 
if Haskins starts messing up, I have a feeling they're not afraid to pull him out and put Heineke in, who I forgot played with Ron Rivera at Carolina right. for a little for a few games. Right. Um, bounced around, went to ODU here in Virginia. I know you had a connection to him somehow. Yeah, went to the same high school. Wow. Yep. Same high school, and then he went to college near me. So. Go yeah. <laughs> We've got con- Taylor Heineke connections all over. <laughs> he's he's worldwide. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Mr. Worldwide Heineke. So, Haskins, all the pressure's on. This is your one chance. You've gone through this season of getting benched. Alex Smith's back. This is his team. Everyone says you're gone. Prove us wrong. First half Haskins wasn't the best Haskins. 15 for 24, 98 yards, zero touchdowns, and that one interception which was tipped. Um, to me, I'll just say real quick on the interception, I call it the workout throw where he rolls to his right and then does like the little skip pass. I hate it. Sometimes it's money. Sometimes it's terrible. That pass was wobbly to me. I wish he would have just planted his feet and just fired it in the hole. It just kind of floated. It got tipped by Isaiah right because it was high and then it got intercepted. So first interception, I say it's partially on him, partially on Isaiah Wright. So, first half, everyone's like, pull Haskins, put Heineke in, put Montez in. I don't care, just pull him out. Ron said, wait, let the kids settle in. Yep. Second half, Haskins comes out. I'm not even going to talk about first half Haskins, because I feel like it, that was just him warming up, getting back in the groove of the game. Second half, 23 for 31, 197, touchdown and a pick, which was worse than the first one. Um but he ended the game 38 for 55, 295, one touchdown, two picks. Before the game, the Seahawks were giving up 300 yards per game. So, honestly, Haskins was about right on average for right. the Seahawks. Um, but just overall, if you had to grade his performance before we kind of break it down, what would you give him? Right off the bat, just without like breaking it down, thinking too hard about it, I want to say a, a C-. minus. You know, I think we saw some good stuff, but overall it was it was bad. Um, I don't think he was absolutely awful, and you know I'm not gonna give him a pass saying you know it's inexperience. Like I, I'm I'm done giving him that excuse. So I think somewhere in the middle, like a, a C minus is is perfect for what I saw today for him. I agree. I was thinking a C, um, and obviously because of the interceptions, you just can't do it. You right. gotta limit that as much as possible. The last four games, we've had three turnovers. Today alone, we had two. Now, two is not a lot. Like it happens in the NFL, but with our team, like the margin for error, with our offense the way it is, you can't give the ball away and you can't get down early, which right. we do often, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So you well, can't and, do that. And you're right. Two turnovers happen all the time, but you know those those start to sting when you lose by less than a touchdown. You know those turnovers, those drives two field goals give you give you a one-point win you know what I mean so it's just the timing of the interceptions are just always so brutal with him it feels like and the first and so one that's was the that like issue. what the 10 yard line where he got picked yeah I think I think he was uh yeah I think he was throwing from about the 25 or so you know they were close to the red zone if not already in it and scoring just, opportunity yeah, that's brutal. And I, and I'll I'll give him credit. He he came up to a, a different you know a situation like that later in the game where he rolled out and he took off running, which he should have done the first time. So I I think he really does learn from his mistakes. But it's like, just those mistakes are so avoidable if he would just you know breathe for a second. 
Yeah, I, I was talking in our group chat today, and uh, Carmi, shout out to George Carmi, said he's such like a streaky quarterback. Like he'll heat up, but then as soon as like you feel like something's getting going, it just throws an interception. Yeah, you're waiting for the other shoe to fall. You're waiting for the the disaster to happen. And today that that's kind of how it was. You know, even even late in the game where he was bringing them back, I was like, oh, I just had this uneasy feeling <laughs> that he was going to throw another true. pick. And I'll give him credit. He was great down the yeah. stretch. I mean, that was really impressive leading those two touchdown drives. But it really, you know, the way he's played over his career, however many games it's been so far, that that's how it's been. You know, he, he'll, he'll, like you said, it's streaky. He's a, he's a streaky shooter. He's knocking down everything. And then all of a sudden he'll throw up a bad air ball and it's, it's detrimental and it's a disaster. Yeah, he was talking after the game. He said on that second interception, he said um, the corner he thought was going to follow Terry. It mm-hmm. was great coverage, by the way. Like, but he, once again, you have to you have to read these defenses. And he he swore that corner was going to follow Terry. He didn't. He came down and bit. And he said, "I've got to see him and check the ball down." I just got too trigger happy trying to make a big play. And that's fine. You can be aggressive, but like he said, he admitted it. I got to trigger happy. I need to check that down and just continue the drive and not try to make big plays when there's nothing there. But he said after that second pick, he quote-unquote got mad. I like that. Like He said, you know what? That pissed me off that I made that mistake. I'm going to come out strong after this and bounce back from it. And that's what you want to hear because if you remember early day Haskins, apparently his confidence is weak. Mentally, he can't handle failing and all these things. So for him to say, you know what? I messed up. I did the wrong thing. I got mad at myself. I'm going to come out and ball. And he did. Yeah. Looked much better after that interception. And Rivera said that he had a lot more patience in the second half. He was making his reads, and he was letting the play develop more. But more importantly, like you said, he trusted his feet more. Mm-hmm. And that's something I've been dying to see. Because you see him hold on to the ball for four seconds. You're like, whoa. You got, you got to get rid of this thing or you're going to get hit, which a lot of times he ends up getting hit. I know it was only three rushes today, but he got 28 yards out of it. That's a 9.3 average. Yeah. Picked out some key first downs with his feet. But if nothing was there, he wasn't just, you know, hanging around in the pocket, looking around like he usually does, gets uncomfortable. He said, shoot, I'm going to tuck this thing and go. Do you think he looked much better on his feet today? And uh, do you think that's something he needs to continue to do? Yeah, absolutely, and I think that he he's no speedster by any means, but those those feet can be an asset, and you know that that lets you live for another down. You know what's better than throwing a a, a prayer down the field is taking ten yards and getting a sure first down. So, like I said, like on that first pick where he could have probably run for a good five six yards at the very minimum, he throws the pick, and then later in the game he he learns from that. He rolls out. There's nothing there. There's plenty of space. He take off running. So. Yeah, I like it. I just hope that his, you know, I hope it, it's it's always his footwork. It just always seems like he's always kind of shuffling a little bit too much, and that's going to cause you to sail the ball. And you already mentioned that, you know, the throw, the first pick was high. Um, that's kind of been, from what I've seen, just like he's always sailing the ball yeah. a little bit. He's always overthrowing it. And so It's always that weird sh- throw that I hate. Like, yeah. he's, he's off balance. He, like, throws it off, like, why is in midair, tries to, like, I don't know what he's trying to do with it. It's like Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers are the only two guys, you know, maybe Russell Wilson that Zach can Wilson throw. Too, so. Yeah, well, they can throw without their feet completely set. And 
it's not a knock on Dwayne Haskins or hating on him. It's just the fact that he doesn't have that capability. It's not a. It's just a fact. Yeah. And so just set your feet, make a good throw, and, and live with it that way. But having those happy feet is frustrating because it seems so easily fixable. If you could just calm down, take a breather, and uh, and uh, move on. And I saw the same quote that you did. You know, I'm. I got mad. I was like, well, don't ever get happy again then. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> stay, stay mad. mad. Keep that same energy. And if you have to start next week or again, be mad to start off. Because I liked Mad Dwayne. I thought that the second half was really good, and he, he got into a rhythm there in the end and, you know, had the ball with a chance to take the lead, and that's all you can ask for as a quarterback. Yeah, Ron didn't really give an update um, post-game. Only thing he said was Alex Smith is the starting quarterback, and if he can't go, Dwayne Haskins will go. So pretty much what we already knew. Um, yeah, I think th- I think he's still th- Thank you, Captain time. Obvious. Yeah. <laughs> like, whew, that broke the ice. We've been waiting on that one. I, I don't know too much about, like, how Alex Smith's doing, obviously, but honestly, I feel like he will play next week. What do you think? Just early prediction. Yeah, I think so too. I think he's too much of a competitor um, to to sit out another week, especially in you know if this shapes out the way it does, that Washington could win the division next week. I think it's going to be hard to keep him out for two straight weeks. Yeah, if especially if if New York wins tonight, which they're down thirteen to three right now, not looking too hot, but still, if the Giants get the lead, like Alex, I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, I need to I need to come back. Yeah, give me my cape. I'm coming back out. Like I need to come right. save this. Because Carolina and especially Philly must win if we're getting yeah. into the playoffs. So I feel like he's going to play. Um, Gibson, Ron kind of sneakily said that he looks forward to possibly getting Gibson back next week. So kind of a teaser. He's looking forward to the possibility of him coming back. Not really too sure. Um, but definitely miss Gibson. Haskins yeah. shouldn't have to throw 55 passes first off. And that's neither too much. should neither should Alex. I mean, no. that's not the recipe for this team. You're absolutely right. JD McKissick filling in. He's been doing a solid job playing for his old Seahawks if you remember back in 2017 when we beat Seattle, he was actually on that team. Um so glad to have him on our side now. He was 13 carries for 51 yards, 3.9 average. And Peyton Barber with the most Peyton Barber stat line of all time. Four rushes, five yards, and a solid touchdown. Yeah. But sit it to Canton, Ohio. Yeah, that's that's Peyton Barber in a nutshell, like you said, for especially for this team. That's that's his role and he does it well, I I guess. But there was a light in this game. Terry had a great game. Um he had seven catches, seventy seven yards. Had a couple drops, I'm not gonna lie. Drops definitely hurt this team. We'll talk about that. But Logan Thomas caught everything that came his way. 13 catches, career day, 101 yards. And with 13 catches, he is second all-time in Washington history. Do you know who number one is? Uh, In a single game? Yeah, one game. Wasn't it Roy Hallou? Yep, 14 catches. (laughs) That's nuts. It was was for like 70 yards. It was something ridiculous, like, 14 catches for 40. Not that bad, but it was That's something ridiculous. That's a check down game. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. That was a good one. But I yeah, I I, I would didn't I wouldn't have guessed Roy Hallou like right off the bat, but still Logan Thomas call him what you want. Um still he's proving everybody wrong. I was wrong about the guy uh, before too. the season started. But 13 catches from a former quarterback like busting 100 yards, like what can you ask for? 
And uh, Nate called it. He said Seattle gives up the most net air yards against tight ends in the NFL. Sure enough, Logan Thomas goes off. I got him in FanDuel today. Killed nice. it. Had him. Had J.D. McKissick. Uh, Mooney went off for the uh, Bears. I forgot. Somebody else. Of course, Derrick Henry went off. He always does. But somebody else. But I was like, okay, perfect perfect week to get Logan Thomas and J.D. McKissick. Go. Mr. Moneybags there. I know. <laughs> Love FanDuel. I'm trying to get them as a sponsor. Anyways, other than that, offense just looks stale. And I will say this. Something I kind of wondered throughout the game did the defense feel any different today with Haskins being quarterback, or is that just me being weird? I saw that come up a lot. It was like, are, are these guys rallying around Dwayne the same way they rally around Alex? And that's an interesting question. I don't think that's – I don't know that you can tell that, but it, it did yeah, We're feel, not at the stadium, but – Right, right. I don't know. It, it did feel a little bit different. Like It felt like the defense didn't have that same swagger that they had the last couple of weeks, and maybe that was because – you know, Russ Wilson is a different quarterback than they faced all year long. Um, or maybe it was they were getting gashed and, you know, they didn't have much swagger to talk about. But it did feel a little, like, uh, not not as dominant as we've seen over this last month. So that was interesting. That's a good point. I didn't really pick up on that. But it, looking back, it seemed like, despite the defense playing pretty well and getting that key turnover, um, it, it felt like they were kind of getting pushed around a little bit and we haven't seen that in a long time yeah it's like all game we were just waiting for that big play to happen and obviously like we said we can't expect our defense to score two touchdowns every game and you know have these giant big plays but just energy it's just presence on the field i don't know to me it just seemed a little off maybe it was just because i was just nervous about haskins being quarterback i was like look just don't blow it I don't know. Maybe it was just me, but to me, it just kind of felt weird. Um, but once we got that turnover, I was like, all right, here we go. And then, obviously, that's when the offense started clicking. We started coming back. So, I think it's safe to say this team just completely revolves around what our defense does. Yeah. And and, and then you, you speak about the offense starting to click, and, and we talk about Alex being, you know, a dunk and dink. Well, Honestly, over these last couple of weeks, Logan Thomas and J.D. McKissick have been your best weapons. And then it seemed like uh, Dwayne Haskins finally realized that, and he was always throwing, looking for 82 and 41. And so that's when it started to click. And I was, I think he got in a rhythm by finding those two guys and, and kind of getting comfortable. And so that that was really huge, you know, part of the turning point in that game. Yeah, he. Uh, I will say Haskins, he found a rhythm when they went up-tempo a little bit um, near the second part of the the half and he was hitting his quick throws a lot better and it seemed like his first read was always open and it was yeah. you know even though it was check downs still it was like seven yard gain to thomas check down to mckissick who went for like five or six like i'll take those all day long yeah. if it drives you down the field and you get points out of it i'll take it and then even like a couple of slants that we saw terry finally get going yep. i mean the Haskins was money on those throws. Those are where, you know, once he sees that first read and he's confident in it, he'll, he'll fire it and go. It's just when it kind of gets, it breaks down a little bit. That's when it, it makes me nervous and he tends to hold it and revert back to some bad uh, habits. There was one throw he did and he's so mad. Um, it was a Terry slant. He threw it, but like Terry had to like kind of fall and catch mm -hmm. it. If he mm -hmm. hits him in stride, Terry, the yak god, I like to call him, yeah. He's just he's cutting that upfield. Like you have to hit him in stride. I feel like that's what Terry does so well. And people are like, oh, that was a good throw. I'm like, 
yes, he got it there. It was a completion. I'll take it. But if you if you just hit him in stride, like he's taking that to the crib possibly. Yeah. Those are the plays I just want to see made, and that's you don't see Mahomes like throwing it at the grounds where Tyreek Hill has to fall over and catch these passes. Obviously, not everyone's Mahomes, but still, like that's just what you want out of your quarterback play. Right. Right. So overall grade from what I was expecting for the offense, it was better. I'll say um, stats-wise, Haskins did better than I thought. I never would have thought he was going to throw 55 passes first off. Uh, I just feel like that was way too much. And I really want to see what he looks like when Gibson does come back, but I think Alex will be back by then. But that's one thing I've been curious about. Like, How would he have played if Gibson played today? Because if Gibson was in, we would have won this game. Yeah, you can't I tell mean, me different. Yeah, and going back to the Steelers game, I mean, the offense totally changed when Gibson went out. He wasn't in last week. He wasn't in this week. And, you know, even more than Alex Smith, I think that Gibson is the key to this offense. He gives them, you know, at the very least, another fresh back. You know, you don't have to run J.D. McKissick and Peyton Barber as much as you do. Um, but at the most, he's he's dynamic, man. You can't. That's 11 touchdowns that are, that are off the field when yep. he's not out there. Um, so, yeah, he, he's been a huge uh, hole in this offense, and, I, and I'm with you. I think he would have been a, a big difference, and I think that it would have allowed Washington to control the clock a little bit better early on, which we talked about being a huge key that they weren't able to do. Um, and they probably don't fall behind 20-3 to three with a guy like Gibson either. So you're absolutely right. I, I can't wait for Gibson to be back. I don't know how confident I am that he'll be back next week, but I, I'd love for him to – surprise us and be out there for Carolina because they, they need him desperately. <laughs> Absolutely. And I will say on the record, I'm not against any of our quarterbacks. Like to me, it's not Haskins versus Smith. Right. It's just, I want a good quarterback. Like, I don't care if we get freaking Trent Dilfer to come in and he just starts laying up. Like, I don't care who it is. I just want good quarterback play. Yeah. And same with Gibson being out. People can say, Oh, well, Alex Smith won, you know, against Pittsburgh without him and against San Fran without him. Pittsburgh, maybe he gets some credit. San Fran, absolutely not. We didn't score a single offensive touchdown last week. The defense won that game. No, and and last week the criticism shouldn't have been of Dwayne Haskins coming in relief. It should have been of both quarterbacks not doing anything the entire game. So, yeah, I'm with you. Like, there's no divide, like, if you're wearing burgundy and gold or, you know, white on white, burgundy on burgundy, I'm, I'm cheering for you at the quarterback <laughs> position. But, yeah, you got you got to be solid. And we just haven't – we haven't seen that over the last couple of games. So it's frustrating. You know, expanding on that, it's frustrating when you have the division right in front of you and you just could do it with decent quarterback play and you're getting below average. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like, I'm not here to say Alex Smith has been this savior and he's the future quarterback because he's not, like – that's this is how my stance has been the whole time. I'm not even going to argue about Haskins or Smith because I don't think either start next year unless we get like a young young quarterback and he has to just sit behind Smith for a year and learn. Yeah. Like that's fine. But like to me, it's not Haskins versus Smith. It's just I want whoever's going to help us win in 2020. Me. Yeah, it's not yeah like just this week today moving forward win the division. Whoever's under center, just make it happen. And I, and I feel like that's just – I feel like that's Alex Smith. I feel I like do, he I commands the offense more. He takes care of the ball better. Like, he just doesn't lose the game. He doesn't win the game, but he doesn't lose the game for you. Yeah, I think I, I think that 
you know, Dwayne Haskins at, at this point, his ceiling is higher than Alex Smith, but I feel like his floor is so much lower. And I'd rather have us that safety of Alex Smith than, than the up and down of Dwayne Haskins. Now, second half Dwayne Haskins, specifically, you know, two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, Dwayne Haskins, you know, leading the, the team to those two touchdowns. Give me that next week if that's what it has to be. But it's the ups and downs that make it so tough to rely on him. Yeah, it's just streaky. You need consistency, yeah. and you're just not looking like we're going to get it. And the second streakiest guy on that team, Dustin Hopkins, oh, uh, again. Yeah. I was going to bring him up. <laughs> we, you know, we talked about you know shooting, and you know I, I think of it like a jump shooter. And Dustin Hopkins was on a roll, it seemed like, and but today was real bad. It was like he went three for fourteen shooting the basketball, and it, those were some bad. Uh, it, it was bad. It's like he had a wide open dunk to put us up, and he missed it. Right, <laughs> he right. Shanked, he shanked it. There's Literally. no excuse to miss an extra point. I mean, I know they moved it back, and I know, I know every kick is is tough. But come on, man. And that's my thing. Like that is literally your one job. As terrible as it sounds, your name is kicker. You kick. Yeah. And your easiest kick is the extra point, and you miss it, and people are saying, because I said this, this loss was on him. Was it on the drops? Sure. Was it on Scott Turner's two point play call? Sure. Was it because we didn't have Gibson and all these players missing? Whatever. But as a kicker, you cannot put your team in that situation. Yeah. If you make that extra point, you are possibly kicking a field goal at the end. Yeah. It, it, cha- it changes the play call. It doesn't force Morgan Moses to have to try to gut out another play because, yeah. you know, David Sharp is not worthy of being out there. You know, yeah, it changes a whole bunch of things. Um, I'm with you. It was, it was brutal. And, um, if anything, it's momentum. You know, you're you, you cut into the lead. You're you're about to you know make it a ten point game, and then it's like oh wait, it's an eleven point game, and then all of a sudden, I don't know about you, but I, I the math starts going in my head. I'm like okay, so that's eight and three, and then they they don't get the two, so now it's like okay, instead of getting needing a field goal, we need a touchdown. So yeah, it just the team you, you leave the team chasing points the rest of the game, and it 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 cost them. Yeah, I'll say I'm not putting blame on the two-point play call because if you make the extra point, you don't even have to go for two. Yeah. Was it a terrible call? Yes. <laughs> it was bad, but still, Hopkins, you got to make that one, and then you got to kick the field goal at the end to send it to overtime. Yeah. But, like you said, we didn't get that opportunity. And you're playing from behind. Like, you know you have to score a touchdown. Like you said, the, the two-minute drill is completely different. Compared to, all right, let's drive down the field. Worst case scenario, we'll get in a field goal range, kick this thing, go to overtime. It's no Haskins. You have to score a touchdown on this drive. Well, and, and also with running the football, I feel like J.D. McKissick a, a couple of times busted one for seven, eight yards, slipped and could have had more on a couple. You know, So the play calling changes, and maybe you end up with a touchdown anyway on that drive. You know, It's yeah. all hypothetical at this point, but it is just really frustrating. When you're trying to trying to have a comeback and a, and a guy just doesn't do like you said his one job, it gets frustrating. And, you know, we've been hard. I've been hard on Dustin Hopkins, and I think he righted the ship a little bit. But you know, I, I need more consistency, man, especially from something that should be automatic. I mean, you've got to think that he's cost us a couple games this season. I think it's safe to say uh, that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Maybe it, we're a lock in the playoffs right now if he makes some key field goals. Yeah, you know it. 
when you lose a couple of games, I know what was it, that one stretch where they lost by a grand total of seven points or whatever it was. And so, yeah, that's uh, that's three field goals, and those are those are different outcomes. So, yeah, it's tough. So, like you said, we fall to this one. It, it sucks, but we're not out of it. Obviously, we're still leading the NFC East right now. Two huge games coming up. Carolina, Ron's old team. Hopefully, we just put up a 50-burger on them and call it a day. And then yep. Philly, who looks completely different. You just can't get rid of them. <laughs> Arizona yeah. showed that no matter how good you are. Jalen Hurts is the real deal. I've been known this. He is good. He's, he's just a dang good athlete, just a it, talented well, guy. Well, I mean, a lot like Alex Smith with him, it's like for whatever reason, I don't know that he does anything super special, but he gets the job done and he wins games. And that's just kind of how it's been with Jalen Hurts. And it's carrying over the NFL. I mean, I know they didn't get the win today, but it's just kind of the guy he is. They just, they were out of it, down 16 nothing, came back. Seemed like the Cardinals had the game one. They got the ball right back with like a minute left. He fumbles it, picks it up, and just chucks it 25 yards Stop down the that. field. Like, yeah. Those are, those are the kind of runs that people go on late in the season to where they can possibly get a playoff push. Now, Philly's statistically still like barely in it. I think it's like a yeah. it. Like, they have to win out. We have to lose. Giants have to lose. Like, a lot has to happen. But still, yeah. that's a tough game for us. That yeah oh yeah absolutely you know and especially if they're playing for something I mean there's a very real chance that they go beat Dallas there's a real chance that Washington lays a dud against Carolina and Week 17 could be for all the marbles and that's in Philly with that revamped Philly offense under Jalen Hurts I, that's scary man yeah I but there's Car- also I was gonna say there's also a chance by the time uh, Philly and Dallas play next week Washington could have the division wrapped up which would be really really nice yeah that to me that's what we need to think about Carolina take care of that and the rest will take care of itself so how do you feel after this game going into the Carolina game tough loss we saw Haskins we both believe Alex Smith will likely be back next week might not be (laughs) we you never know we don't know how his leg is, but how do you feel going to that game? Well, I mean, we talked about it, you know, in the preview show. I said that, you know, win or lose, I think Washington would still be in a good spot for the division. I still feel that way, you know. Um, I think Haskins did enough to where if he has to start again, at, at, you know, against Carolina, I think he can get the win. Uh, he beat them last year. Um you know, I think you can only get healthier from this game. So, uh, you know, I, I still like their chances. I think they should beat Carolina. I think there's an added motivation that Ron wants to take it to his team, his his former team. So I think that it's still out in front of them. And, you know, there's no such thing as a good loss, but this team battled back when they could have been blown out by three, four touchdowns. They battled back and made it a five-point game. So that, that, that means a lot to me realizing that this team's always going to fight and they they're hungry and I think they can see the division title in their grasp and that's why I think uh you know Sunday is going to be huge for them and you know I I don't feel as confident it would have been nice to sneak out a win here and especially that Dallas has won two in a row and they're not completely out of it um I feel a little less good but you know I feel all right overall and I I still feel pretty confident that we'll get the NFC East the way I see it we just lost to a possible team that can go to the Super Bowl by five points. Yeah. Without our starting quarterback, starting running back, two starting linebackers, 
and we held Russell Wilson to one of his worst games of the season. Yeah. So I just keep thinking, like, what are we going to look like once we get everybody back? Which hopefully is next week, but if not, Philly. But I keep thinking, like, what's this team going to look like when we get everybody back? I feel like it's going to be much better. I, I don't have any weight to this game. This doesn't, like, disappoint me any. What Does it suck that we lost? Yeah, I wanted to beat Seattle. One of my managers that works a Seattle fan, I'm going to rub it in his face, but it happens. But still, I feel so good about this team. This team just continues to fight every single week. And once we get these guys back, I feel like we'll beat Carolina. And, man, that, that Philly game is going to be so good. Even if we have the NFC East wrapped up yeah. by then. Still, yeah. it's going to be a good matchup. Uh, so the scenario, I guess, but we, I don't know when this episode will post, but let's just say the Giants lose tonight. They're down by 10 to the Browns. If the Giants lose next week and Washington wins next week, that's the division for Washington. It's a wrap. Yep. Yeah, and, uh, you know, because Dallas needs Washington to lose out. I think at this point Philly does too. So by 4.15, 4.30 next week, depending on how those two 1 o'clock games go, Washington and Carolina and New York and uh, Baltimore. This could be over uh, before Philly and Dallas even take the field at, at 4.30 next week. Yeah, and like you said, it kind of looks like the Browns are going to score again. Um, so hopefully Cleveland takes care of business there. But if we beat Carolina, I feel like we're in. Yeah. I feel like that's it for us. And that's good because I would rather do that than have to win out. So that's why it's so big that the Giants lose tonight. Um, but... Going forward, I feel like we get Alex back, maybe Gibson. If not, yeah. we got Lamar Miller. Let, let me ask you this. Who are you more confident in playing first, Alex oh, or Gibby? Man. I would – like, I don't even know what's wrong with Alex's leg. That's what sucks. Like, I know what a turf toe is. Yeah. But, like, cramps or whatever's wrong with him. Like, I don't but, know. Like, but cramps on a leg that has had so many surgeries and you don't even know that it's, you know, how it affects, you know, cramps are bad for a, a person that didn't have almost, uh, you know, a son, a Charlie horse in the middle of the night. <laughs> I mean, like <laughs> cramps hurt for guys that didn't have 17 surgeries on their leg. I can't imagine how difficult it is for, uh, for, for Alex Smith. So you're right. It is. It's, it's really weird that I, that still being said, I feel like Alex is back first. I think they both come back next week, um, especially after Ron said he looks forward to possibly getting Gibson back next week. I feel like because Gibson was questionable. A, yeah, you think that's a misdirection, or do you think that's him being realistic? No, I think it's him being real because I, we saw Gibson practice a little bit. What was it Thursday? Like he was just yeah. running drills, but like he didn't look one hundred percent. But yeah, yeah. But give it another week. Put some ice on that toe. Do whatever they got to do. It's 2020. <laughs> I mean, I don't know much about Gibson other than, you know, the 10, 11, 12 games that we've had of him at Washington. But he also doesn't seem like the kind of guy that, that's going to miss a game if he doesn't have to. So you might be right. I'd love to see them both back out there, and I think that that would be huge. Yeah. I think it would be, be a boost for the entire team. Like, you don't want to say, like, one guy is going to, you know, rally you to a win. But I think that's having your guy. Yeah, having both those guys who've carried you this far to have them come out and gut through it, I think that that would be huge for oh, yeah. for everybody next week against Ron's former team for the division. They're both playing. <laughs> Man, I hope so. I just hope we don't see any setbacks during the week. So hopefully everything goes smooth as the uh, practice week goes on. 
I agree. And as always, we will be back Thursday. Hopefully we can bounce back from this one, cleanse the division, and like you said, keep an eye on uh, Alex Smith and Gibson's injuries. But Brian, Christmas is coming up. Busy time. Hopefully we can get a, a good little present under the tree called NFC East title. That's right. Yeah, even if it's a couple of days after Christmas, I'm willing to wait. So yep. uh, Christmas lasts all season. It's not just one day. So no. even if it's a couple of days later, I'm I'm totally fine with that. Yep. Alabama's in the playoffs. They have a bye week there against Notre Dame. Doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> Send both teams to the playoffs, and I'm good to go. Brian, good talking to you, sir, and we will see y'all back on Thursday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.